welcome back to our podcast. If you've heard some before, I'm thrilled you're back. If you have not, we welcome you to your first podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how we plan lessons that are developmentally appropriate for our students. And we're going to, of course, focus on early childhood. For this discussion today, most of our research is going to come from a writer named Breda Camp. And, and, and this author has a lot of really phenomenal things to say about early childhood and how to work with these children. Um, our focus is going to come from a chapter called Planning Effective Curriculum today. So before we can really plan in our classroom, we have to take a look at a few things because curriculum really varies um, from school to school, from early childhood to public school. It, it just, it's very different. So the National Center for Quality Teaching and Learning views education kind of like building a house. It says that the foundation is engaging interaction with the children. That's where we build these positive relationships. We draw the kids in and that's where we build their foundation. That foundation also needs to include a caring community. So they need to feel positive and loved in their classroom. And they also need to, as far as I'm concerned, in the facilities. So if they're in a full day daycare program, they need to feel very comfortable there. And then as we build the pillars of the house, we're choosing and implementing a really strong curriculum. And the other pillar that holds the, the roof up is we're regularly assessing the children to assure progress. And we won't really address assessment in this podcast. We'll do that in a different one. But let's just look at a basic definition for curriculum. Just because people see curriculum differently. So a definition for curriculum is a written plan that describes the goal for children's learning and development, their learning experiences, materials needed, and teaching strategies that will be used to help children achieve these goals. So our primary focus in the early childhood classroom is children need to begin understanding the world around them in their community, in nature, what people say, what people do. In our district, we say that we are getting our kids future ready, and that starts in early childhood. Research tells us that one of the strongest predictors of later academic success is children's general understanding of the world. And, and I totally agree with this because I've been with lots of different types of children. And I think that's an excellent statement to make. So there are a lot of curriculum models that are out there. Some of them include the high scope curriculum. There's a creative curriculum. Maria Montessori has a method. Um, there's the Bank Street method. And all of those are curriculum that are based on theories of child development and learning. Honestly, whatever you choose, this is the key to good planning for a teacher. You have to do it with fidelity. In other words, you have to faithfully implement the model you're working with, whatever the model. 
So I'm gonna use an example. Um, many times I've been in districts where we have gotten new curriculum. Teachers are very, very excited about it. It tells you step-by-step, step, let's just use reading. Step-by-step, step, which books are you gonna use for which level? If the children need RTI, this is the step you're gonna use. This is what you're going to do next. All of those things. And the teacher begins really excited. And as time goes on, they see something they don't agree with. So they kind of get off the track. And the next thing you know, the whole train is derailed and they're not even using the curriculum. If curriculum is going to be effective, you have to teach with fidelity. I don't care what curriculum you're using. I don't know what care what subject you are teaching. You have to teach with fidelity. Now, a lot of schools choose the curriculum approach, which is more basic and it just kind of gives the main elements or direction for the program. So, um, they give maybe uh, the TEKS, they tell you exactly what to teach when, those type of things. There are positives and negatives with that. Um, the current trend right now, and it's a very good trend in my opinion, is to use scientifically based or research-based curriculum. And this is where they have worked really hard to research it, to make sure children are experiencing learning where they're acquiring the uh, needed outcomes or the outcomes that have been set by the district or the state. One thing to keep in mind if you are in the process of choosing a research-based curriculum, find out if it's validated curriculum. In other words, we, we see curriculum, we get excited about it, but has somebody used this curriculum? Does it prove to be as effective as their statements make? In the state of Texas, we... Um, we have the STAR test, and that's the state-mandated test. And from early childhood on, we are preparing those kids for success. So when we choose a curriculum, are we going to get the results that we need? So we need a curriculum that's been evaluated and has proven itself effective. And in um, curriculum coordinators' opinions, that needs to be more than just one year of using it. There needs to be significant data over several years that supports its effectiveness. Um, early childhood educators, let me just say this. Your curriculum matters. It is important. All research tells us that. We have a tendency to just use what we're comfortable with. We kind of use the adage of, if it's not broken, let's not fix it. However, I can speak for Texas and use and give you supporting data. Our systems do seem to be broken and we have to fix it because our test scores are not going up like we want. And in many districts, they are falling dramatically. And again, this starts at that lower level. So one of the positives, however, that does come from teacher planned activities 
and uh, Bredekamp pointed this out in their book, educators know their children and they can adapt to the child's need. But however, let me clarify this, it must be done in advance. Even toddler programs, there needs to be a plan. Where are you headed? Why are you teaching this? What is the outcome you want from your students? So your curriculum needs to be intentional. Whether it's research-based, it doesn't matter. You need qualified teachers that know how to teach because if not, your program is not going to be successful. So let's think about what teachers need to consider as they write plans. And this comes from Bredekamp, but it also ties in with NACI, which is the National Association for the Education of Young Children. The first thing you wanna think about as you're developing a plan is, your goals must be clearly defined and communicated. This means goals for every child. Every child, you need to know what the goal is for them. Maybe you're doing a farm unit and you live in um, Houston and you are not in a rural area. The children have never been there. Child A may not even know what a cow is. So your goal for them is just to help them experience and learn what farm animals are. Child B may not only know what a cow is, but they wanna know the difference between a Hereford cow and a steer and a longhorn. So you wanna clearly define what you want each child to know about. You also need to have a comprehensive curriculum. So as you're writing your plans or using a curriculum, whichever, you have to address the whole child. Please don't write a plan and say, oh, I'm addressing the whole child and you haven't thought through it. What in the lesson is addressing their cognitive development? What in the lesson is addressing their social development? Is emotional development being addressed? And is their physical development being addressed? All of those um, areas need to be addressed. Also, you need to be addressing your content areas. You need literacy, you need mathematics, science, social studies, health, physical education, and arts. And here's where this stream comes into play. We don't have to teach these one subject at a time. We can teach cross-curricular, especially in the early childhood uh, classroom. And if you're not familiar with STEM or STEAM or STREAM, go to one of our other podcasts that we've offered or do some research there. So the next thing to consider as you're making your plan is what you're teaching evidence-based. Is there evidence supports that Yes, children need to be learning this. Yes, on this age level. And is it addressing your ELLs? Are your English language learners being considered during this lesson? In the state of Texas, as I mentioned before, we have the STAR test. So even in our pre-K classrooms, we have state guidelines for early childhood. So my lesson plans, as those children come into my stream classroom next year as pre-K students, they have to be focused on these state guidelines. So that's my evidence. The state says 
this is what they need, this is the level on which they need it, and I need to be writing my curriculum to match that. The next step is, am I actively engaging my students? And I mean actively, not just pouring some knowledge into them. So are these activities mentally and physically causing them to think, to apply, to ask questions? And you also need to ask yourself as you're planning, are children investigating and learning through success and failures? Because it's okay for them to make a mistake. Is their learning child initiated? Are they collaborating with others? As the teacher, do you guide when necessary or do you take over the learning? These are all things you need to have thought through as you're planning your lessons. Another step to consider is, are you building on prior experiences? We know that from studies of the brain that we have to build those connections and that takes repetition. Um, just to use a math example, and this of course would be maybe a little over in early childhood, um, really, really not, but if we said, um, if I started teaching algebraic equations before a child understood what two plus two is, I, I, I am not teaching the children in sequence. So I need to be really careful and make sure that I'm building on top of each other. So you wanna think that down. And sometimes we have to slow it down for some and speed it up for others. We, have, we may introduce a subject, maybe we're doing patterning, and we have a child who really isn't understanding patterning. Well, guess what? That's really important. It's a really important math skill. It's a really important. It's, it's an important skill for all the subjects. But I may need to redirect and teach it a different way, give the child a different activity, whereas I may have another child who's doing complex coding with their patterns. The other thing to consider is, is your curriculum culturally and linguistically appropriate? So can you pull in cultures? Do you even know what culture your children come from? Where can you add a cultural component to what you're teaching? Have you asked parents to be a part of that? Have you looked for books about what you're teaching that may be written in a language that the child can take home? And the other thing is, is your curriculum benefiting the children or have you just sat with something that really is, is not helping the children anymore, but you've always taught that lesson? Please remember that research tells us we are trying to produce positive outcomes for our class. So everything we plan needs to be very intentional. And if it doesn't fit, we do need to set it aside. And finally, let's talk about our special needs students for a minute. How are we going to help them? So we need to understand that these children need to be allowed to learn in the least restrictive environment. So how as an educator, can I help that child learn in his least or her least restrictive environment? So no matter what a child's learning level is and no matter if they have special needs, we need to always have these fluid learning groups. That allows us to work with children on their skill level, no matter what subject we're teaching. So that's one way to address their needs. 
We also need to make sure we understand that we are a class of inclusion. That means we do educate students with disabilities in the general education classroom as much as possible. And that may take some extra effort on my time to find out how I can better meet the needs of that student. If they have a hearing issue, then maybe I'm going to have to do their lessons where they wear some type of headphone that um, makes things louder. If they have a visual issue, I may need to go to the proper sources to get the magnifiers or other technology that would help them. And is your technology appropriate? So those are just some things to think about. Are these developmentally appropriate for the children? And if you ever question what's developmentally appropriate for a child, NACI has many great things on their website, and so does zero to three that can tell you exactly where a child should be at what age. So thank you for joining us today, and I hope you have a great evening. Good night.